When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 210 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Harvat. And I'm Justin Swanson. In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's loss to Iowa, look forward to yet another 11 a.m. kickoff against Purdue, and hear from you on the Runza Reaction Line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode's brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals at cnbuffalo.com. Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Hit up Monty at 402-770-3356. Go Mike, I feel like I need to start off this episode with confession. Okay. I made a huge mistake, and I want to give... Uh, Michael, Michael, I've made a huge mistake. Mike, if you click on the the link in uh, in our outline there, it, it's a, like a supercut of a bunch of Job. Oh. I've made a huge mistake. Very nice. <laughs> so if you want to use one of those in there, you're welcome to. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Thanks to Jeffrey the Greek who texted me right after he listened to the episode. And he's like, hey, man, good, good analysis, but um, I think you're a little off. Like, I, I don't think the special teams, the defense, are as bad as you thought. And I, I was like, what? <laughs> and I went and looked at SP+. And, folks, Iowa was 15th. Iowa State was 14th. And I merged a few of those stats. So, um, and the way it works out is I made you all feel more comfortable than you should have felt. And for that, I apologize I uh, I got their overall and offense stats right. They're fifteenth overall and offensively fifty fourth. But I said defensively they were seventeen. They're actually number two in SP plus. And I said SP plus they're ninety nine and they're way better. They're twenty seven <laughs> last week. So uh, gosh, I feel like uh, I feel like that's a good analogy for this football team right now. Like most of the stuff is good. You might not even notice some of the little mistakes, but they add up in the end, and you really undermine your uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Well, Justin, I'm curious. How do you feel after this week's game? Um, I mean, not great. I'm tired of losing to Iowa, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it was a close game. We were leading in the third quarter. We had a great shot. We had several great shots to win this game. Um, some like pull your hair out goofs um, from some of your better players and uh, you know it could have gone the other way real easily I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. and so it's after the bafflement of the the Illinois loss I guess I'm just uh, just back to being frustrated Hmm. (laughs) and and seeing improvement you know as we played much so much better um, but we lost so tired of tired of losing how do you feel Mike you know, I, I was actually thinking to myself, I think it's hard to tell whether I'd feel better or worse than I do right now if we had won against Illinois. But by by losing in such spectacular fashion to Illinois and then 
being competitive at least against Iowa. At least for me this week, I kind of feel like, okay, maybe the sky isn't falling quite as much as we felt it was last week. Um, I I am just a little surprised by how quickly people are turning on Scott Frost. Um, I guess it shouldn't be that surprising just because of the way the internet works, but yeah. But I, I, man, I just keep falling back on. We really need to make no judgments this year. Like it, it's, it's all like you were saying. You, you can't just say take it with a grain of salt because they are working hard and they should be making some progress. Because um, I mean, they're they're still preparing, and uh, by this point in the season, they've had plenty of practice to to get things rolling the way it should. Um, but I just, I just kind of feel like, man, I'm willing to have that conversation this time next year if we're in the same position. But, but this yeah. year, uh, I don't, I'm just not there. Yeah, I don't think Scott does himself any favors in his post game press conference where he's, man, he was. I don't know if you watched it. He was intense. I feel like last week after the Illinois game, he was befuddled mm-hmm. and like genuinely shocked, surprised by the outcome. He was just. I felt like he was seething, like that game was just just out of reach, hmm. and that you know they should have won it potentially. In fact, uh, to cite an SP plus stat for you, so win expectancy is you take out the garbage time plays, like taking a knee or things like that, mm-hmm. and you just so you basically look at all the stats and you kind of say if you play this game a hundred a hundred times and you had the same stats and the same plays for both teams, like who's more likely to win? Um, or the winning team, how likely are they to win? So if it's a blowout and you just destroyed them, you're going to have a really high win expectancy. If you stole a game, or like if you if you like uh, like the Missouri game in 1997 where we probably should have lost, but then there was a miraculous play at the end, like you might have a really low win expectancy. Um, Iowa had a 16% win expectancy, and so so like statistically. We performed really well, and actually, uh, I'll get to it a little later. We actually went up you mean in SP+. We, I'm, I'm confused. Do you mean that yeah. we had the 16% win expectancy? So the what that's saying, it was we showed out really well. And yes. Iowa, I, I don't want to say they're lucky, but you know the odds are that with you know all the same critical plays and whatnot, like the only 16% chance that they win basically really okay wow it's a a little bit of a you know out there but i mean you just go and you glance at the metrics for the game i mean adrian 18 of 20 for 174 yards and no interceptions luke was three of five um whereas petrus was 18 of 30 for 193 yards a touchdown and interception and um you know they had a hundred yard rush now i'm tracking with what you're saying it makes a lot more sense to me Sorry. Yeah, was, we <laughs> average me three. dumb when it comes to no, 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 it's, math. <laughs> no, no, it's it's these are advanced. This is two hundred two, Mike. This is not one hundred one. Okay. Uh, we we okay. had a hundred forty three yards rushing. We like a three point eight rush average with two touchdowns. They only averaged two point nine yards per rush and had one touchdown. Um, receiving, we um, really similar. We had twenty one catches for one hundred ninety five yards. They had eighteen catches for one hundred ninety three yards. So I mean, the really the biggest difference is. We fumbled it twice, and we lost it twice. They fumbled it twice, and I think they recovered them, right? We threw an interception. They yeah, threw an interception. Yeah, they, I do remember them recovering at least one. Yeah, we picked it off once. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, like, really, I mean, some goofy, stupid penalties along the way, but, like, some, you know, the ball bounced the wrong way a couple times. Yeah. Um, so. What do you make of the whole disconcerting signals thing? The clapping? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like we've been there, done that with Michigan State a few years ago. Yeah, I... You know, I, I appreciate that Frost, in my mind, Frost is defending his guy. Yeah. He's defending Cam. He says it's not his fault because this happened. Um, he paused for a while in the post-game press conference before he kind of, like, said here's what happened. But it really that it really opened him up to <laughs> criticism and verbal abuse and sure. mocking. And people really like to pile on Nebraska right now. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is ju- just last night I was watching a game where that was called. I mean, like, it is a thing. And so was it for, clapping on the field or was it on the sideline? I, I don't know what that they didn't show right away. What if it, it happens was, on the but, field, yeah, I think I think that's the penalty. But the, since it was on the sideline, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, it, I mean, like I'm sure you've seen the video, and yeah, it it looks pretty damning. But it, like at the same time, it's kind of what Ference was saying is like you know that this is football. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> You yeah. know, so like I, I see both sides of it. You know, if, if you're Scott Frost, you want to go to bat for your, you know, you know, you want to defend the people that, you know, their parents have entrusted you to look after these kids. I'm sure on television when they're saying we, you got to take the setter out. You know, I, I know Scott Frost didn't see that in the moment, but it's one of those things where like on, on a national stage, uh, somebody that he is kind of supposed to be looking after kind of embarrassed himself so he you know it's understandable he might be a little defensive um, yeah but then he kind of i think frost kind of embarrassed himself yeah <laughs> by yeah. making pointing that out yeah. yeah and and um and you felt like ference was so pumped that he got asked that question because he'd heard about it at halftime so he'd been thinking about it mm-hmm. and so it's not like that was the first time anybody mentioned it to him so he was ready to and he just went on and on and on and there's just this attitude from iowa that you know that we're just a bunch of whiners and you know you what know, until- I, yeah i saw somebody post on social media uh, I, I have a friend who's an iowa fan and she she posted like hey nebraska fans you've been pretty quiet since friday and i'm like it's not like we were talking trash before friday right <laughs> not one well, of us then, thought we were gonna uh, well maybe people thought uh, we were gonna win well, but keith, like i wasn't keith expecting Duncan, it keith duncan in his post-game press conference says oh they were more interested in growing mustaches than but oh, come yeah. on, dude. My my favorite thing about losing this game is that Keith Duncan hit the crossbar and gave us a chance to win it instead of sealing it. Mm, so yeah, that's the the one redeeming factor. So maybe he was he was feeling that <laughs> he's now missed four field goals this year. I think. Yeah, and even earlier in the week, I saw people talking about the the mustache thing, and they were like, "What are, what are they doing?" We're, they got to focus. They got to. It's like, hold on. You're talking about like what, like 21 year old kids? Well, I guess they're not kids. In my mind, they're kids. <laughs> but 18 I mean, like, to 22, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they want to grow a mustache. Let them grow a mustache. It's not like they're uh, taking plays off to grow a mustache. I mean, yeah. good grief. They're just not shaving. It's easy. You're, you're in the middle of what is like an exceptionally stressful season for all athletes, and. Uh, you know, for for all people, regardless of whether you're an athlete or not, but then like just all the stuff that they've had to go through this fall, the way this season is going, if they want to have fun in, in a way that is not having any effect whatsoever in the way they play football, go for it. I don't care. 
let them have fun. They're they're young men who are goofing around. That if it gives them a sense of camaraderie, go for it. And you know, it's just we're just kind of at the point where everybody's questioning everything. So even you know they've been posting these Fast Friday uh, videos on on Fridays because the the coaching staff kind of has this thing where you you quickly go through a whole bunch of things. It's it's part of part of the culture that Frost's coaching staff has. And and the videos are usually really high energy. The players are having a lot of fun. And um, Drew Brown was like, maybe we should spend more time practicing and less time dancing or something. <laughs> and it's uh, you know it's just people Nebraska fans are just not having fun right now. <laughs> and it's starting yeah. to get a little nasty. And um, but I mean, like in the midst of that, if they can have something like growing a mustache to like keep morale up. Like I, I yeah, see good. I see really like real value in that for them as a team. Like if they can yeah, find something are to great. bond over, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not that big a deal. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to read a tweet from uh, at Dan the sports fan who uh, has left a voice message before um, this season. He said, "Losing to Iowa by six on the road is disappointing. Losing to eighteen to Illinois at home when you're good enough to lose to only lose to Iowa by six on the road is what needs to be fixed with this program." I yeah. still think yeah. Coach Frost is the right guy. Um, so yeah, I mean it's uh, you know super frustrating time. It's also frustrating over uh, fellow blue bloods at Michigan and and Penn State. Um, I think the whole doggone conference is frustrated um, about <laughs> the way things have worked out. Oh, I hope that we're. I have more faith in Frost to do what needs to be done. Like I I don't think he's going to go the way that Harbaugh has gone. What a what a massive disappointment has Harbaugh been since he's been there. Oh my goodness. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Feel for those people. I don't think that we're going to have the same experience. I really don't. How many years in is he? I don't know, I feel like he's at least like 5 or 6 at this point. Yeah, it's uh he's and he's so quirky. He's so weird. Let me look it up. <laughs> he's a unique fellow. Frost said in the press conference after the game, he said, fixing these little mistakes and fixing this culture is making me old. And he invoked the previous coaching staff. A lot of people have wanted to make a big deal, like, oh, he's blaming the previous coaching staff. I saw that more of him giving an example of a way they have made improvement, but they still have improvement to go. I didn't feel like he said, because of Mike Riley, this team has bad discipline. I didn't I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, at the same time, he didn't need to... He said he's prefaced it by saying, you know, I've always felt it's important to not uh, criticize those who came before you. Dot dot dot. But um, like, <laughs> yep. if you're going to say that, if you feel like you need to say that, just just don't make the comment. Mm-hmm. I think you could say we've. I think you could speak to changing the culture, and it's happened, and it you know, it's just a tough league. It's just a tough league. The Big Ten West is tough. I'm looking ahead to Purdue. Um, they have a crappy record, better than us, still crappy, but going to be a tough game i mean there's just no easy games in the big 10 even the big 10 west it's it's just tough top to bottom so so um yeah uh harbaugh started in 2015 so this is year six for him okay yeah i'm i, I really don't care about the khaki pants at this point like <laughs> all of his shtick i don't think anybody i think everybody's tired of it do you remember those like weird recruiting stories of the first couple of years about yeah him like having sleepovers <laughs> <laughs> like so weird climbing trees with kids and stuff yep. yeah <laughs> oh boy 
even in the midst of a loss, we have people who are faithful and calling in to the Runs of Reaction line. So um, we actually have three voicemails we'd like to share this week. The first message is from Scott in Lincoln. Here's what Scott had to say. Hey, fellas. This is uh, Scott from Lincoln. Um, I'm calling about three minutes after that heartbreaking loss against Iowa. I know, sounds so familiar. Um, my reaction to it is more of just a, an overall existential sigh about being a Husker fan and that this is just a place that we just seem to keep going to over and over and over again. It's just frustrating. It just, it, it seems like we're stuck in purgatory. Like we are just, we are, man. So frustrating. It was it was a fun game. I'm proud of our our coaching for the most part. Our players seem to be locked in. Um, but once again, just just close, so close yet so far away. Just like it's, I don't get it. I don't I don't know what needs fixed right now. But you know, let's just keep looking forward and see see what we can do the rest of the season thanks for uh thanks for your time fellas and uh happy thanksgiving thanks scott um i guess this is uh one of those cases where you know sometimes if you want to cool down before immediately calling in to the podcast that's perfectly fine but it was nice to get a a raw take i think it's the first time that somebody's calling us like right after the game this year so yeah yeah um it's good to feel the existential angst. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I feel like maybe his he's in the same place as you, Justin. Um, you know, uh, he, he brought up the coaching, and, uh, you know, I want to give the coaching staff uh, props this week for trying something that I was wondering about last week, which was why not kind of do the dual threat thing with two quarterbacks? And uh, sure. that's actually exactly what we saw this game. And then you go with the hot hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to work. Yeah, I just, for me, I appreciate that, that that shows that they are, you know, sometimes we, we kind of want to pull our hair out, like, like oh, why don't they try something different? I, in this case, I think this is a tangible example of, hey, they tried something different this week. So that they are trying at least to make adjustments and try to find what's going to make things click for this team. Um, at the same time, man, we need a running back, dude. We we gotta stop having <laughs> Mills, yeah. Oh, the fact we, that Mills is hurt and like whatever it is, it's not gonna be something you recover from in a week. I mean, there's just speculation. The fact yeah. that he we haven't seen him by now, like it's it's not. It seems like maybe it's not a little thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that's a huge. That's tough. And and in the absence of him, I feel like Adrian might be your better option um, as the starter because he's yeah. just so big. Mm-hmm. And then Luke is the changeup because he's smaller and maybe a little faster. Yep, yep. Um I want why don't we have them on the field together at the same time? Is it because there isn't a running back and I I don't know why we don't see him on the field at the same time more. Yeah. Well, I guess we did only see that in the first game, didn't we? It's really been it. Hmm. I hadn't considered maybe, like that that that's been so long ago at this point. <laughs> that yeah, maybe that, hmm. maybe at the first game it was just like it was Luke's or it was Adrian was the man and so they were saying, "Well, let's try him some other places," but then as Adrian struggled, they've said, well, you need to spend more time at quarterback. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is it is so, I, you know, good, good comments from Scott. Frustrating. 
but fun. We're close. <laughs> yeah, it seems so far. And at the same time, like in in the absence of Mills, uh, again, just another game where Wandale Robinson was a workhorse. He made some terrific catches. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I feel bad. Carried I don't the want ball him six to get, times. Yeah, I don't want him to get hurt though. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, six six seems like a good amount of carries for him. Sure. It seemed like he was kind of the guy early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think early also, speaking of back to the quarterbacks, um, I think the first two drives, Adrian had punts, and then the first two Luke drives got field goals. But it, at the time, it really didn't feel like that was indicative, I think, uh, of their – didn't speak to the quality of their play. I think maybe Adrian had been stuck further back and – I don't. I don't. I just remember at the time thinking, "Yeah, it's not really. Doesn't really speak to what's happening here." And definitely that last hit and fumble was not on Adrian. I don't. I don't blame him for that. Yeah. No, that was I him think, getting. He was getting shellacked. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think Adrian regained his. I don't know his moxie or you know his, at least the starting job. He, he was a little more decisive, I think, and. Um, there's just when you see a, a quarterback like when you see his head move, you see him making the reads, and then he throws it. It's refreshing at this point. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I'm screaming at the TV. Throw the ball! Don't want to scream too <clears throat> loud, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Got to be smart. Well, hey, here's a message from Mitchell in Texas. Yes, I am Mitchell. I am from Fort Hood, Texas, and what I think about the game is I think that the three-four defense is not complimentary to the offense. If we score a lot of points, then the 3-4 bend, don't break defense will work. But we don't score a lot of points, so I think we should shift our defense to a 4-3, a more aggressive defense than the 3-4 bend, don't break defense. Yeah, I think this is a good point from Mitchell. I think I feel like it's, it's something we've talked about a little bit before in terms of um, this defense – was not when it came to Nebraska it was not designed for the type of rugged offenses that they were going to play it wasn't designed to be rugged i guess and then the offense was designed to score a bajillion points and neither of those things were happening for a long time the offense was not and still isn't scoring a bajillion points i do feel like the defense has improved um i feel like if the offense had even you know if a couple or one of the wide receivers was stepping up um, or was making an impact that we were hoping would that maybe things would be better. I don't know. I, I, it, it is frustrating. It is a. It feels like a poor pairing. Um, I, I continue. I've said this for a while. I continue to think just the offense has to has to emerge. I think if the offense is playing five to ten percent better, that we're not. We we walk. We look back at this game and say uh, twenty six points. Uh, that was good enough, you know. If we win this game, if we win this game, twenty-seven, twenty-six, I don't think we're all that concerned about the defense. I think the defense was okay. I mean, yeah, looking back at the stats, I think I said, what did I say? The quarterback was eighteen to twenty, and they averaged two point nine yards per rush. The you've got some big boys doing some work in the defensive line. They're young. Um, we're missing our heart and soul linebacker. Um, DBs, I think, are are doing all right. So, um, yeah. I, yeah, to your point, Mitchell, the offense needs to improve so the defense doesn't struggle. <laughs> right. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, it's it's a hard 
I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say this because you look at Nebraska's record this year in the in the games that we've, uh, you know, the, we do have a couple of what I would consider blowout losses, but aside from those two games, Ohio State and uh, and uh, and Illinois, I kind of feel like our defense at least kept us kept us in the game uh, in mm-hmm. in some of the other games. So sure, um, yeah, I don't know. I I think that. I think that his overall observation is right, though. Like these two things are not—they're not gelling together yet. You need, mm. you need both things to be doing what they're supposed to do in order for it to work. Right, right. And just, thanks for the call. Know, yeah, and also just want to give a shout out to any any person living in Texas who is a Nebraska fan. We appreciate you fighting the good fight down there. <laughs> All right, here is our uh, our good friend Bizarro Max from Twitter. Hey guys, Bizarro Max on Twitter, you're a token Iowa fan, and the one who's not a jerk, I'm trying to think of what words I can say that you don't have to bleep. Um, game just ended, obviously I'm happy as an Iowa fan, but uh, please know that my enthusiasm is tempered somewhat by uh, my, my deep and lasting affection for my many friends who are Nebraska fans, who I know are really feeling the sting of yet another loss to Iowa and um, I, I, I take no pleasure in, in Nebraska's misery. And I know a lot of Iowa fans do, so I'm sure you guys are being inundated with, with calls from probably mostly drunk Iowa fans giving you crap. I'm sorry. Um, we, you know, the bottom, you know, honestly, it comes from a place of, 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 of grudging respect and envy. We, people of my generation, I'm in my 40s, grew up in a time where our football awareness was developed when Nebraska was at its, not its zenith, but close to it. I remember the 82 and 83 seasons. I definitely remember the 95, 96, 97, uh, I'm missing one, 94 seasons. Um, and I had a good, I, I met a good friend of mine. He's a friend of this day. We talk on Twitter, uh, who's a Nebraska fan at that time. We Iowa fans lived in the shadow of a Nebraska program that achieved what we wanted. So all the crap you're taking from Iowa fans comes from a place, honestly, just of envy. We wanted what you had, and we've never had it in our lifetimes. And I was just texting with my dad, and he said, you know what? Nebraska deserves to win this game, and if they don't, you know, then, then shame on them. But uh, I, I felt like Nebraska came in, had its game plan, had the right game plan, got Iowa out of its comfort zone, and just made a couple too many mistakes. Iowa made the right stops at the right time. It's just one of those things, but... Um, Nebraska played, I thought, the best game they've played against Iowa since Scott's been there. Um, probably the most competitive game since the Bopolini era. Um, they've been on the doorstep for three years now, and it's just one play here or there. So uh, I, I know you guys are, are smarting from this, and I, I take no pleasure in that. Um, but I uh, just wanted to call and say, you know, the, the, the team looked good to me. You know, watching them play, it looked like Nebraska teams that I remember being jealous of back in the day. And uh, um, happy as I am for the win. Again, I take I take no pleasure in um, what, you know how hard this hits you guys and, and other Nebraska fans. So uh, here's to better things in the future, and hopefully Iowa and Nebraska fans both find commonality in our our, our our shared legacy, our shared interest in sport, beer, competition, and just being Midwesterners. So um, uh, and also thank you to Nebraska for your contributions to bringing the football back. And I don't mean that in a sarcastic, snotty Illinois way. Really, you guys led the charge when nobody else in the league was willing to. So thank you that we got to play it all. Um, you know, better luck next week. And, um, you know, drink, drink a beer and and then sleep it off. There's better days ahead. Thanks, guys. Bye. You know what I appreciate about Bizarro Max, Justin, is um, I think he's willing to say 
the the thing that other Iowa fans are too afraid to admit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just just the reality that for for so long they were living in Nebraska's shadow and and now that we are just kind of flailing these past few years, it's really easy for that resentment to turn into you know them 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 taking pleasure in our pain. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean a six game win streak. That's I mean that's something, yeah, you that, know. That that is an accomplishment. That, that's I mean, not, not nothing. Not to minimize it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not nothing. And a couple of those games were blowouts. I I tweeted during the game at when we had taken the lead. When was the last time we took the lead against Iowa? Yeah. And it hasn't yeah. been in the Scott Frost tenure. Had to go back to Riley's last year where we actually lost like 56 to 24 or something and we we led uh, early because we scored first, and then we might have taken the lead right at the end of the second quarter or maybe the beginning of the third before we just uh, just fell apart completely. So, um, yeah, I appreciate Bizarro Max. We, we chatted for a little while after via Twitter after he left the voicemail and um, appreciate the perspective. And, um, and I, he's right. I'm going to say this, though, Justin. Like, I, I'm, I just, I'm conflicted because... On the one hand, it feels like Iowa fans can be really sore winners. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that we have a complex where we think that we're superior. And and so like because we are. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like yeah. when Nebraska does win, like we're just going to be arrogant. Maybe not, you know, it's not going to be us kind of rubbing it in quite as much as they would against us. We're, we're just going to kind of turn our nose up. <laughs> so you know, you, you, I, think, you I feel are like both you... sides of that. Yeah, sorry. You are who you are, and we are who we are, and um, but you know, there's no denying that a six-game losing streak humbles you. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, there was no conversation this year about is Iowa a rival. Like nobody said that. There was yeah. no. I feel like the last two, three years when we've talked to Mark Mark Morehouse over the summer, we've talked about it. I don't think that came up this summer. Nobody's talking like I was a rival. Like there's no question. If you if you don't think I was a rival, you're the minority at this point, and you're. <laughs> You're delusional. So, um, you know, the, the six-game win streak has left a mark on our psyche. And um, when we do win again, you know, hopefully it's next year, um, we will, I'm sure, be insufferable. But it'll be it'll be tempered. Sure. We'll appreciate the win. You just have to appreciate every win in the Big Ten West um, and just in general. It's, it's as... As Iowa fans do so like to remind us, it's not the 90s. I was talking to a friend recently who had access to season tickets back in the 90s, and they were saying that after a while, they were not originally from Nebraska, they'd they'd come here for a job, and after a while they're like, why go to the games? I mean, they just always win. Like, what's the fun in that? (laughs) And so, of course, this person's like, I can't believe I was saying that. But, um, (laughs) you know, that's, that's that's the way it was for so, so long. I mean... The nine-win thing was a thing for so, so long. And now yeah. it seems like we fired the last two coaches because nine-win seasons weren't good enough. <sighs> anyway, those are some good calls. Thanks again to everybody who called in to the Runza reaction line. Uh, we'll be in touch with you. This will be an interesting week because we, you know, we give two free coupons out every week for a, what is it, a free meal, combo meal from Runza. 
Um, and uh, two out of the three callers this week are not from Nebraska, so we'll have to figure well, they don't that. Live in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. they don't live in Nebraska, so we'll have to at least uh, we'll figure that out. We'll be in touch with you guys if you want to hear your voice on the podcast next week and potentially win a free meal voucher. <laughs> I don't, I never know what to call this thing. That it's uh, we have coupons. We got free runs of the combo coupon. Is it? Do you say coupon or coupon? I say coupon. I'm a coupon. But you guy. can say coupon. You're a coupon. I, I noticed. I kind of cringe a little bit, but you know, teach their own. Hey, at least I don't There's say no right salsa. Way. I'm gonna say salsa or <laughs> or pello. I know some people who say pello, but anyway. I don't. Anyway. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> Oh, folks, uh, that number to call in is 402-704-7693. Give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. You can let us know how you pronounce the word pillow next week. To wrap things up, um, to wrap this game up, going back to SP+, was it was a good showing for us metrically. You know, we didn't get the win, but the team played well, and that is reflected um, in the overall numbers. We went up 14 overall spots to 42 offense went up five spots to 36 defense after dropping 21 spots last week went up 17 spots this week to 59 and then special teams continues to (laughs) i don't get it we went down 13 spots to 95 so we're back back on the century watch and iowa actually went down three spots from 15 to 18 we dragged them down their offense dropped from 54 to 70. Their defense dropped from 2 to 6. Uh, but their special teams went up from 27 to 11, which I don't get because they missed a field goal. But, uh, you know, you look at their punts, they down one punt inside the two, and we mm-hmm. muffed the other one. So, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Should we turn turn the page and look at Purdue? Let's do it. Can't wait to wait all day. <sighs> Sorry. Oh man, Mike, it's it's painful for for you. Obviously, it's painful for me. Mm-hmm. Wanting to talk with you, and then yeah, you had a you had a glimmer of hope this week. You're like, oh, it's it's Friday, it's Black Friday. Maybe Mike's not working. You sent me a text like, so you watching the game live? And I'm like, I'll be off at six. <laughs> yeah. uh, so yeah. it's just uh, you know, thankful to have a job in the middle of everything going on. I'll just say that much. That's true. That so Purdue. Uh, really interesting season. Um, I think a frustrating season for them, like us. Uh, they started off with two wins. They beat Iowa 24-20, and they beat Illinois 31-24. to So that's two teams that we've lost to that they've beat. They had the Wisconsin game canceled, like us. And now, since then, they've been on a three-game losing streak. They lost to Northwestern 27-20. They lost at Minnesota 34-31, and they lost just this last week to Rutgers. 37-30. I talked about how SP Plus did, uh, had such a low win expectancy rate at 16% for Iowa. Rutgers' win expectancy rate is 12%. So um, an even more improbable win for Rutgers, I guess is the way to say that. Wow. Um, but there's really a trend. I don't know if you picked up on that as I'm reading through those scores. All those games, all their games, all five of them this season, have been decided by a touchdown or less. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. Yeah. By an average of, uh, what, like five and a half points, basically. So every game has been tight. They started off winning them, and they've been losing them since the Wisconsin game was canceled. Uh, SP Plus, they're 48th overall offensively uh, with, you know, Jeff Brom's kind of an offense. Uh, his teams are really good offensively. Usually he's 33 overall. 
Bob Diaco's defense is 70, and special teams uh, is 123. So worse than us. And uh, they, they, one of the reasons they lost is because after a big score for them, uh, they gave up a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown to Crookshanks, which is that the same Crookshanks from Wisconsin that did it to us last year? I think it might be the same guy. I think he might have transferred there. That's possible. Aaron? Yeah. Um, the name's familiar to me just because I, I know a guy with that last name. <laughs> uh, so so it's, it's ringing a bell for me because of that. So the, the starter to start the season at quarterback was Aiden O'Connell, who this season has been 88 of 136, so that's 65% passing for seven touchdowns and two interceptions. But I believe he's injured. And Jack Plummer, the brother of Jake the Snake Plummer, um, is it brother or son? <laughs> Relative. <laughs> I imagine it'd probably be at least son. <laughs> it could be son. Jake the Snake was very, uh, well, I think he's already that passed away. An... Very old. No. Wasn't he quarterback at Arizona State in the 90s? I don't know what you're talking Go- about anymore. Googling Jake the Snake, plumber football player. Born in 1974. I'm an idiot. He's 45. <laughs> I was thinking of the wrestler. The wrestler. <laughs> Jake the Snake. That's where my mind went when you were talking about... Oh, boy. I'm leaving it in okay. because that's embarrassingly funny. I'm just well, gonna leave it in. <laughs> and I'm and I'm happy or happy I'm I'm able to report according to the wonders of Google that there is no connection between Jake and Jack Plummer. I'm not related to him. Everybody thinks I'm Jake's son. I'm not related. He told azfamily.com. So man, just learning about Plummer family history today. <laughs> It's like uh, so, it's uh, like uh, what is it? Weird Al Yankovic, and then there was uh, well, who who was the other famous uh, accordion player? I don't know. There was another famous accordion player. I, th- I think it. I think his name might have actually been Al Yankovic. No. Let me see. I think that, that there was Al another was Al Yankovic. Let me see here. There you you keep you keep going. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find it. So I'll know you're listening really well. Got it. Uh, so Jack Plummer, not related to Jake the Snake, the quarterback, football player, <laughs> the football player, <laughs> is fifty-five of seventy-seven this year for six hundred and four yards. That's seventy-one percent. Uh, he's got five touchdowns, two interceptions. Has not been sacked. Uh, runs a little bit better than Aiden uh, O'Connell did. Um, I think he was the third quarterback to play against us last year, and maybe the one that led the final winning drive. The running back, uh, Xander Horvath, 82 rushes for 421 yards. That's 5.1 average uh, and two touchdowns. Um, They don't use anyone else nearly that much. Uh, The bell cow at wide receiver is David Bell, 43 catches for 493 yards. He's averaging over a first down per catch, 11.5 yards and seven touchdowns through five games. So he's um, really emerged on the scene last year as a true freshman, very dynamic uh, Rondale Moore uh, opted out for a while before opting back in and then didn't play for the first three games. He's played in two games and has uh, two catches or 22 catches for 192 yards. Hasn't scored a touchdown uh, catching the ball yet. So, you know, not not quite as dynamic. The most points they've scored in a game is is uh, 31 in their win over Illinois. So that's that's not necessarily a high flying offense right there. Kicker J.D. Dellinger is 5 of 7. He's missed one from the 20s, and he's, and he's missed one from the 30s as long as 36. So that's probably part of the reason why their SP Plus 
special teams number is so bad. Their leading tackler is Derek Bornig. He's got 32 solo and 13 assisted tackles uh, and interception. Their leading interceptor. <laughs> it's a really nerdy way to say that. Cam Allen has 24 tackles and two interceptions. And uh, George Karloftis Carl- has two sacks. So he's leading the team in sacks. FPI gives Purdue a 56.7% chance to win. It's at Purdue, which has been a little bit of a house of horrors for us. Um, are facing Diaco. Someone tweeted last week or la- just the other day, like, we need to get rid of Diaco. And I said, yeah, I saw you retweet <laughs> been there, that. Felt that. <laughs> um, so. I wonder what kind of sweater he'll be wearing for the game. I wonder if he'll hold the mic. I wonder if he'll get to talk afterwards. <laughs> Oh boy! You know, I should have I should have messaged Mike Carmen and asked him if he's got any. I'm sure he's going to be writing an What's article about him this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, have you know, Justin? Yeah. I was listening to you. I I found oh. the the solution to my conundrum pretty quickly. I I was wrong. It's no. The guy's name isn't Al Yankovic. That's stupid if it would be. Well, I mean, that'd be like highly coincidental, and I would absolutely know that. But it's uh, Frankie Yankovic. Um, he was a famous American accordion player. Um, not related to Weird Al. So that's one of those things where people always asked, Weird Al, are you related? But no, he was not. So anyway. <laughs> also, you, you used the word interceptor. Uh, where else have you heard that word? Star Wars. Yes, it's a class of TIE Fighter. Very good. I'm yeah, proud of you. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> TIE Interceptor. You know it. So, score prediction time. I'm going to defer to you this week yeah. because last week I put you in a, in a hard spot. No, don't worry about that. Um, you know, looking looking at all their scores, the, the winner has been kind of mid to low 30s and the loser has been low 20s. Pretty much, or low thirties, pretty much every game. So I think I'll, I'll pick consistent to that. I think I'll pick uh, thirty-three. What does it take to get to thirty-three? A safety. You probably you get enough field goals in there, and you hit thirty-three. I'm going to go well, thirty-three because sure. it's a weird number. <laughs> Eleven uh, field goals. <laughs> thirty-three to twenty-eight. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was I was scared for a minute there when you started talking about lower thirties and twenties because my my uh, I was sitting at thirty one twenty so that's uh, that's my prediction. Is that like your standard score prediction at this point? That's not no I wasn't saying thirty. Did I say thirty one twenty last time? No, last week I said like uh, 20 seventeen to 7, fourteen. Yeah, yeah. twenty seventeen or something like that. You said thirty one twenty two weeks ago. So I, I said thirty one twenty one the week really before funny. that. You said thirty one twenty for Northwestern. <laughs> Okay, I let's said thirty-one twenty. Was, no, no, go. You know, if you I, got no, number, I was, you go I with was it. wavering at one point between Pick twenty it. and twenty-four, so I'll say thirty-one twenty-four. Pick it till it works. All Still right. think we win by at least a full touchdown. Thirty-one twenty. I'm gonna go with that. Four. Thirty-one twenty-four. All right. Yeah. Looking ahead a couple weeks, um, Sam McEwen pointed out yesterday on Twitter that the Minnesota game seems iffy right now. Uh, Minnesota announces. Since November 19th, their football program has had 40 individuals, that's 20 athletes and 20 staff members, test positive for COVID. That boat so, is sinking. Yeah, Can't row the Rashad boat when Bateman. you don't have enough people on the oars. You're going to start yeah, Rashad rowing in circles. Bateman, their, their best player has opted out after they've started canceling some games here. and So, uh, gosh, I, I really hope we can play that one. I mean, just, again, people... 
people continue to pile on Nebraska like there's some logical disconnect between the fact that we wanted to play and we're losing. Like we wanted to play because we had something to prove, and clearly we needed to play because we needed the reps because we need to get better and we want to see football. It, just because we wanted to play doesn't mean we thought we would win them all. I mean, maybe Ohio State wanted to play because they thought they would win them all. We wanted to play because we wanted to play. Oh, man, people just piled on this week. Yeah. It's really irritating. The The good news is, though, Justin, I believe you're preaching to the crowd when you say that on this podcast. Anybody who is listening to us, uh, by the time this releases in December of 2020 of all years, um, I, I got to believe that they're ride or die with this team. <laughs> you're probably right, Mike. Thank you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, speaking of ride or die, thank you to our sponsors for sticking with us amidst a weird, a really weird year. Weirdest year of our lives. Weirdest year of our generation. Thanks to our friends in Central Nebraska Buffalo and Imani Rohde for uh, hanging tough with us. Ride or die. It's been a wild year, but uh, they've stuck with us, and they'll stick with you if you uh, reach out. Yeah, because we are living in uncertain times, Justin. Um, but there are two things that are certain in life. is You need a place to sleep, and you need something to eat every day. Mm. That's deep, man. And it just so happens that our sponsors can provide both of those things for you. So why not go with some local trusted folks who can provide both for you? I feel like I should add in a sound effect that's like, ding! <laughs> One final thing. Uh, shout out to a listener, Romanian Dan, who has sent a few Huskers in the NFL stats for us to share. Uh, this weekend, Seathan Carter had a reception for five yards. Randy Gregory, I didn't know he was playing again. Oh, yeah. I, am so yeah. t- I, don't, I don't listen to the NFL. I don't follow any of it. So Randy Gregory had three solo tackles, two tackles for a loss, two QB hits, and two sacks. Man, the man the man is making an impact. Good for him. Really happy to hear that. Yeah, I've, seen, I've David, seen a few games with him. So, yeah. Levante David, eight total tackles, six of them solo. Sue, five total tackles, four of them solo. And I think... Uh, I think I saw right before going live here that Levante David has is now like the sixth has the sixth most starts ever in Tampa Bay history or something. That's like awesome. That. So that's really cool. He's just he's just a stud. <laughs> yeah, that whole Randy Gregory thing. That kid must have been just a a really really good football player for him to have gotten so many second chances. <laughs> like the fact that he's still playing in the NFL at this point is actually like legitimately surprising to me just because you know, like you were saying you just kind of forgot that he was even a factor but I guess he got things figured out and he's doing well so good for him everybody likes a redemption story and hopefully it'll be a redemption story this weekend when the Huskers win get that W go on a win streak here the two scheduled games hopefully we play Minnesota and then, I don't know, are we going to play Michigan <laughs> at the end of the season? That'd be fun. And hopefully we, and we could be 4-4, four and four, and then who knows if there's going to be a bowl game or not, but anybody can go to a bowl game this year anyway. We could we could be 5-4. and four. It could happen. I'd be all for the, what is it, uh, what's the most depressing bowl we've ever been to? The Foster Farms uh, Select Cuts of Chicken Bowl. <laughs> Something like that. Meineke Car Care Bowl. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, the one thing's for sure is you'd know Iowa would put a banner up about it. (laughs) Trying to think of the most obscure bowl name. 
Do you remember when everything was like a dot-com bowl a few years ago? Vaguely, yeah. It was like the... During the, the dot-com bubble? No, I feel like it was even more recent than that. Like, the dot-com dot bubble was like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Maybe, I don't know, was there a pets.com bowl? Probably, I don't know. There's been a lot. There was like a Bitcoin bowl a few years ago. That was weird. Bitcoin's back on the rise, man. Got it's fun to watch. I think there'll be a Twitch bowl. Only a matter of time. We'll live stream it. You have to watch it on Twitch. Actually, that would be kind of neat. <laughs> While playing a video game. Yeah, something like that. All right. Yep, we're getting there. Hey, aren't Mike. We? <laughs> yeah. Hey, go big red. Go big red. Husker Football Fan Podcast is an unofficial, non-commercial podcast and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast belong solely to the individuals expressing them. The Husker Football Fan Podcast is not endorsed by or affiliated with the Nebraska Cornhuskers or the University of Nebraska. Nebraska.